So after working in a corporate job for about 20 years, I was ready to leave. I always knew I wanted to start my own business and had kind of started it on the side, but I just hit a day where in my gut I said, that's it, this is it, I'm ready. Uh, but actually going from making that decision to the last day at my job was a process and one that was much more involved than I anticipated. It took me about four or five months to really work through it with my job and with my partner and finances and such. So today we're going to share with you some of those lessons in that transition. I love it. Welcome to Diary of a Worthy Pursuit. Where we talk about how to get what you truly want in life and in business. This is pretty cool. So there was just a moment, a day where you're just like, nope, I'm out. This is it. Yeah. Right. What was that moment? What happened? Oh, you know, so in the job I was in, I had actually already started my business on the side, like a okay. lot of folks do. A little side hustle. Yeah, right? right. And I knew that eventually I wanted to step into it full time, but I didn't quite know when that timing was going to be. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like some terrible thing had happened at work. It was actually I was on vacation. Oh. I had gone <laughs> up. Um, I'd gone up to Canada fishing with my family, and after you know, I was sitting there taking a breath and being like, "I don't want to go back to working for somebody else." All right. And I just I had the time to reflect and really say, "This is I'm ready. This is it. I'm ready to go." And I also think that there was this, like, once you have the opportunity to slow down and clear your head, mm -hmm. you can see. The future path a lot easier than if you're stuck in the day-to-day -day. and I think that that's what the oh, vacation fair. created me space to do I don't think if I had that vacation that I probably would have made that decision that quickly but oh, uh, interesting so rule for employers right don't offer vacation. <laughs> don't allow your employees <laughs> to go on vacation that's not it at all I think it's just a it's a good rule for everyone to just take a step back every once in a while and create space for you know, looking at your path at 20,000 feet, because so many of us get so caught up in where we're headed that we don't look at right. where, you know. It's a rat spinning a wheel. Yeah, the spinning big a wheel picture. faster. Right. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, it's interesting you say that, because I just got back from what I would consider to be a vacation, though it was with in-laws, so I don't know if you really count that. <laughs> if you have great in-laws, it's okay. But it was peculiar to me, because I the goal for the business that I had, the call answering service, was that I wouldn't necessarily be needed all the time, day to day. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in a minivan with six people, four adults, two kids, and I'm the only one with my own business, and I'm the only one that's actually having to do stuff for work. So the other people were on vacation from their job, mm -hmm. which meant that they didn't have to do anything. Yeah. And it was interesting because I feel, from my point of view, I consider myself more successful than them mm. just because I have more freedom. But we're on this vacation, and I'm like, who's got the freedom, James? Right. <laughs> and it was kind of interesting to take a step back and be like, oh, we got to fix that. Yeah. Yeah, so when you have that space, it is a huge opportunity to yeah. do some evaluating. Mm -hmm. So in either direction, right? right? How are you currently doing or where you want to head? Yeah, it's uh, constantly fixing well, right? yeah. whatever it is, the, whatever your goal is. Heading towards that and making or getting back on course, I should say. Mm -hmm. you're always course, course correction. Yeah. Kind of like when you're driving. Yeah, like, right. Just a little bit this way, <laughs> a little a bit, bit this way. But I think that that's a, a great point that you bring up is starting with the goal in mind, right? So I always knew that I wanted to start my own business and I knew that it was kind of in the short term plan, mm -hmm. but I hadn't really mapped out 
when the date was going to happen. All right. So I had thought, eh, sometime in the next two years, this is going to work out, right? So tell me why, though. Why did you want to start your own business? Well, I, I do think that entrepreneurship gets in your blood. My dad was a self-employed contractor. Right. I saw the freedom that he had, the life he created for us. You know, sure, money was tight when you're pulling in your, you know, your own money and you're responsible for all of that. But I liked that freedom, mm -hmm. you know, that if he had to clock out at 3 o'clock to make it to a game that he was able to or that we could go on vacation and he was able to do that. So I really liked that life. And I saw that for myself. I also, after working for other people for 20 years and busting my butt for them, mm -hmm. just thought, if I'm going to bust my butt, I want to be the one who's making the extra money out of my effort. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So Plus, it's mostly financial or financial and time, it sounds like? I think it's time. It's also financial. You know, I have this idea that we always want to create a better life for our kids than we had. Not that I had it absolutely terrible. I had a wonderful upbringing. My parents did the best that they could. Um, but, you know, then you just start thinking about what opportunities can I give them mm. if I can be working to the point, you know, can I help us exponentially grow so that they have opportunities that maybe I didn't have access to. Interesting. Yeah. You know, touching on that, I th uh, what was the quote that I just read recently? It was something like, if you want your kid to do what you do, think about what you talk about at the dinner table mm. in regards to your job and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's times that I have to think like, ooh. They're not talking about that at the dinner table. <laughs> right? But it'll also check you from complaining right. about your job. Very right? True. And so I'm I'm very mindful about what what I ask my kids. Because sometimes if I'm just like, how was your day? They're like, oh, it was good. Yeah. Good you know, talk. But yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. But if I ask something more like, oh, what's something kind you did today? Like if I want to instill oh. kindness, what's something kind you did today? Or what's something fun you did today, right? Because I always want them looking for looking for the good things, not looking at what bad things happen. I don't want them sweeping that under the rug, right? right? But I always want them looking for the good. Interesting. So right. I am very mindful even to ask my husband at the dinner table, like, what was something interesting you were working on today, right? right. Because I want them to hear the kinds of problems that he works through and solves. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> the motion activator at the end. <laughs> right. So uh, you decided you want to start your own business. How did you decide what business you were going to start? Well, that's interesting, too, because I think that that was a process and evolution. I think the more entrepreneurs I talk to, the more I realize that this is a common story. I'm not unique in this way. But five years ago, I thought I was going to start a wine business. Did you really? Uh, yeah. Creating I, or selling? or uh, Maybe a little bit of both. Okay, so just my, drinking? Whatever. Yeah, I mean, anything that I can do to facilitate <laughs> that habit, I'm all about. Uh, but my aunt has a winery in Illinois, and so I grew up working in the vineyard and then in oh, her wow. tasting room, and so I just had this passion for wine. So I thought, how can I make that more accessible for people? So yeah. I'd actually started an Instagram uh, site where I was talking about affordable wines and kind of grading different ones you could find in the grocery store wow. and loved that, right? And was forward thinking enough to say, I'm going to start an audience here. And then when I'm ready, I'll already have some people to market to. Mm -hmm. um, but then my health took a dive. And oh. part of it was actually because I was drinking wine every night, grading these wines. And then I ended up having a sensitivity to sulfites, which turns out every wine oh, has, no. right? So what a <laughs> kick. So that's the universe saying, hey, maybe this isn't the right path, huh? Ooh, yeah, right. so then I took a break from that and then went down my health journey and thought, oh, I'm going to be a health coach. And I actually quit my business thinking that, or I'm sorry, I quit my full-time job thinking I was going to be a health coach. Okay. And then I started talking to working women about their health and the story I kept hearing more and more was, Jenna, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy picking up the kids. I've got 50 million different projects going on at work. I'm taking care of an aging mm. parent. And I just said, okay, well, let me help solve the problem that I'm hearing 
And I think that so many of us kind of miss that opportunity and we get so focused on here's the thing that I want to do right. and don't listen enough to like, what does my audience say that they need? All right. So I pivoted and now I'm having so much fun in this new area. I'm really focused in time management now. And the more research I did, the more I realized that, oh yeah, this is really a big problem. Like one in two entrepreneurs say that their biggest struggle is time management. Interesting. So that's very clever. I'm thinking from a sales point of view, yeah. Because you're like, hey, do you want to meet about time management? And they're like, I don't have time. <laughs> exactly. Turns out. Turns <laughs> exactly. out you might need this, right? Well, that's pretty slick. Yeah. So that, I'm thinking of like the guy that's really good at fixing typewriters. Like, I got my typewriter repair business. All I need are customers. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to think of, I guess, transitioning from your job mm -hmm. to your business. How, do you, how would someone do market research to know before they take the leap? that they'll actually be successful in whatever terms that means for yeah. them with their business. So the best advice that I got at the beginning of my business was just go out and interview 10 people who you want to serve. And so at the time I thought I wanted to serve working moms who were going through the same kind of health challenges or maybe had a similar situation that I did. So I went out and interviewed 10 friends who were kind of in the same place. Yeah. And I, I asked very pointed health questions in hindsight, I wish I would have asked more generic questions. Oh. Like, hey, what do you struggle with? What are your, you know, what are your problems at work? What do you struggle with personally? What are you are you a parent? What do you struggle with there? Like, what are the other roles you play in your life and what problems do you have there? Okay. Uh, because then I feel like I would have uncovered at a higher level their problems rather just than just asking for the answers to the questions that I wanted to hear. So you were asking health-related questions specifically. I was asking specifically. health questions. So essentially steering them towards that mm -hmm. pillar. Right. All right, interesting. Yeah, so I've really filtered it. And I think that the thing, always do market research, I think it's extremely important. But mm -hmm. then maybe be a little bit more general in your questions because if you're gonna do it one-on-one -on -one like this or just in a phone call, right. you'll get a lot of data and then you can kind of take the conversation where you need to go or make it more specific. But All right. that was really helpful. That's a tight rope to walk, though, I imagine, because if you're planning on being a health coach, mm -hmm. you want to figure out the health problems that people perceive that they're having. Right. So I get that. You weren't thinking, hey, I'm thinking of starting a business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what kind of problems you got? Right. Kind of thing. Okay. Well, but I think that I, even within health, like I asked very specific questions about gut health and sleep and the things that I thought they were struggling with. Oh, okay. But All what right. is so interesting, again, the more you're in your business, the more you learn that you know what their problem is, mm -hmm. but they may not think that that's their problem. Okay. So you have to give them what, they, what they're asking for, but then deliver what they actually yeah, right. need. And they don't always think they need what you have. So you have to you know, find the niche for what they're actually looking for. Right. I get it. Sell them what they want, give them what yeah, they need. Right. Yeah. But then what's interesting about this is that I was doing all of that while I was still working full time. Oh, okay. So the game that I had to play, time management-wise, coming back and looking at my own journey, I was playing this game before I even realized it. Oh, you know, so right. I was working, you know, at that time I had hired my replacement already. Okay. And I was starting to train her up, but the idea was I would onboard her for maybe six months to a year. And Did so, your current at the time employer know that you were leaving? They knew that I was I had only committed to two years okay. to be with them. Right. Um, so they, they knew that it was an, an eventual situation. Mm -hmm. I don't think they realized that I was going to fast forward the timeline. Oh, gotcha. But, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, good. right? But uh, <laughs> one of the things that was interesting about that is that 
I had to carve out time to actually work on my business while I was still working full time. Mm. And when you have kids and you have other things going on in your life, sometimes that's a struggle. So then mm -hmm. you have to actually commit and time block to, okay, I'm going to get up at six in the morning and from six to seven thirty, I'm going to work on my business. All right. Or you know, I'm shipping the kids off to daycare at seven thirty, and I don't have to be at work until nine. So. 7.30 to 9, if I'm working remotely, that's when I get to work on my business. Okay. I have a girlfriend who's working right now on this exact process. She's working to leave her full-time job to go into a coaching business. Oh, interesting. And so she's been asking me, you know, if you were to do it again, what would you do? And I said, oh, I would block. I would time block more time. Okay. Because I was only very good at like time confetti. Like, oh, I have a free half hour here. Mm -hmm. Let me take that. And I have a free half hour here. Okay. Let me take that. Right. Because I would let other people control my schedule. And if I were to do it differently, I would block it. So one of the things that she's doing now is she's taking Tuesday nights and she's doing all of her client work on Tuesday nights. And then her husband takes care of the kids on Tuesday nights and she gets four hours and goes to like Panera and hangs out all right. and does her work. But then that's allowing her to grow her business on the side so she actually has a runway to leave. Interesting. Okay. Does she have a timeline? She does. It was initially four months from now, and now she's looking to speed it up. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So tell me about the time block thing I get. Yeah. Uh, the challenge that I have had with time blocks is being able to shift gears that fast. Mm. Like whatever, 6 to 7, you're getting ready, getting the kids off, whatever. Yeah. 7 a.m., Work on your business now. Yeah. Talk starts now. You got an right. hour and a half. Go. Well, and I think that that's the, th in human behavior, we're not a switch. We don't just flip Very like difficult. that, right? Yeah. So allowing, knowing thyself and allowing yourself some transition time, I think is super helpful. Okay. So uh, when I was still working from home, when I had a corporate job, uh, I would, the kids would leave the house at 7.15 and I left myself 7.15 to 7.30 to like, reset, fold some laundry, put away the, uh, the dishes from the kids having breakfast, whatever the things were, like the practical things, right? To mm -hmm. give myself transition time between, okay, they left and okay, now I'm gonna go get my workout in. So you're building a habit of shifting. Yes. Okay. Because so you're teaching your body, I do these things, we're preparing for doing this thing. Yes. Okay. And you're also not, the more that we try to fit in, like seven to eight is, you know, I don't know, correspondence with my team. And mm -hmm. eight to nine is I'm um, doing sales calls. And nine to 10 is this. Like, we don't give our brain the opportunity to transition. Right. And even when we're task switching, the research says that we have an average of 23 minutes in between tasks, especially if it's not using the same part of your brain. Oh, interesting. So for you to refocus on something, you're gonna waste 23 minutes. Oh, okay. All right, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So you had your goal, mm -hmm. I'm gonna start my business. That business evolved while you were still working? It actually evolved after I After, quit. Mm -hmm. okay. I wish it would have evolved before. In hindsight, I would have sure. made the change prior, but. Yeah, everybody wants to stick, skip some rungs. Right, uh-huh. <laughs> still climb the ladder. <laughs> Did you, tell me about the conversation that you had with your husband. Yeah. You're like, hey, funny story. I'm going to quit my job and start a health coaching business. <laughs> well, because I started the business a year and a half before I actually talked about quitting my full-time job, that was no surprise. Okay. And I think that you all can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that that's how a lot of us operate is we're like, oh, I'm going to start this thing, kind of grow it on the side. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as it picks up, then I'll quit my job. So he had known that I was building toward this. Okay. Uh, but I think it was as much of a surprise to him to be like, oh, 
And right now, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> I make decisions with I'm my gut. I'm not asking, I'm telling. Yeah, right. <laughs> I make decisions with my gut. And so if you don't make decisions that way, maybe this would be different. But once I had made that decision, then it was all just about what is the plan now to make that decision reality. Mm -hmm. I know a lot more people weigh their options and they have a lot of more process things to go through. And for me, it was just, okay, it's the decision to stay or go, I'm going. All right. Um, so he was very supportive of that. But I think this conversation of talking with your partner is huge if you have a partner involved uh, because there's this gap in finances, right? Mm -hmm. So not having a steady paycheck is a scary thing when mm -hmm. you're moving into being an entrepreneur. So making sure that you talk about, okay, what kind of gap can we realistically handle as a couple, as a family, what is our budget? What are our finances? Maybe we need to cut back on some things for the next six to 12 months while we're trying to recoup some of this and as the business grows. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, admittedly, that was one of my mistakes in the beginning is my first six months, I continued to operate like I had a, you know, like I had a full-time job and didn't make those cuts initially. Oh. And then you go back and you, you're bleeding and you realize, oh man, I should have made these cuts six months ago. So that's that's a story. Do what I say, not what I do. <laughs> Try to well, make those learn, cuts. Right? right. You know, hopefully I only have to learn that lesson once right. now. But make those cuts initially so you can save that money up. Uh, another thing I do is look at the timing as you're talking to your partner. Uh, again, hindsight is twenty twenty, but I quit my job um, last October and my oldest kiddo was in 4K, so it's a half-day program. So mm -hmm. he was still going to daycare another half of the day. Okay. So we're still paying for two kids in daycare mm. while, I'm, you know, while I'm growing a business. So in hindsight, if I would have had the patience to wait, we could have waited until my kid was in school all day. Mm -hmm. We would have cut that, you know, cut our daycare bill in half, and then that would have been a huge time savings for the, you know, and savings for the budget. Right. So I, it really just depends on- Do you on, regret that though? I don't regret the timing. Okay. I think my pocketbook <laughs> regrets <laughs> the extra expense. But gosh, I'm so excited to have half of that daycare money back that my kid's going to be going to school now right. full time. Part of me, part of me believes that there is never, or knows, I should say, part of me knows that there's never the perfect time. Right. Right. It's never the perfect time to have a kid, to get married, to do go on vacation, whatever. To start a business. It's never the perfect time. Mm -hmm. All stars aren't going to align. Right. So you aligned enough stars mm -hmm. and you made it work right so I feel like there are times that people will say like oh my gosh once this happens then I'll do this fair right once I when we do sales I hear from so many people towards the end of the year oh my gosh after Christmas then we'll talk mm -hmm. and I'll be like it's mid-October right, <laughs> right? Or, what do you, what's gonna happen in or the next it's two like months? unless it's December 22nd what is gonna change mm -hmm. between now and then that's gonna alter your thought process Right. You hoping to get the new transformer? Like, what's <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. On top of that, it's interesting you mentioned communication, because when I left my full time gig to start a business, I didn't talk to my wife at all. Didn't even mention it. How'd that go? Uh, not great. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend that. Do what we say, not what we do. Yeah, it was one of those, um, and I didn't know this until after after I wrote my book and I asked her to put a little blurb in the book yeah. about being the spouse of an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I had no idea the pain that I caused her. No idea. Because mm. from my point of view, I was making, I don't know, I was making 14 bucks an hour or something like that back in the day. And so I'm like, I can find a crap job, no problem. Mm -hmm. Like if I leave and start my business and after six months and I give myself six 
months of runway mm -hmm. and it doesn't work out, I can replace it. Get a job, no problem. Yeah. I have skills. I got, there's plenty of places that we're looking for employees. Mm -hmm. So to me, the risk was nil. Yeah. So, and I had saved up enough cash to be able to help pay mortgage and stuff like that. So, and we didn't have kids mm -hmm. at the time. So it was one of those, like, what are your expenses? We got mortgage insurance, all that stuff, food. And I'm making nothing for cash now. And the business that I was in, I considered to be pretty dead end. It was a small mom and pop thing. And they, the owners, weren't, didn't seem interested in growing it. So I was kind of like, is this, do I want to do this for mm -hmm. the rest of my life? And then that question goes down to, do I want to do this for the next five years? One year? Day? Yeah. <laughs> the answer Fair. is like, nope, nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. So from my point of view, since there was no risk, there's no need for a conversation. Mm. We don't have to whiteboard this out. We don't have to make a pro-con list. Mm -hmm. Just do it. And I learned that she had a huge amount of fear. Like, oh my gosh, what if his business fails? She had she didn't know anything about business where I had been researching and attending classes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I knew, well, I thought I knew everything, but I knew enough about what is the risk, right? What is yeah. worst case scenario? Right. And she didn't. She didn't know worst case scenario. Yeah. So I think in her mind, worst case scenario would be we're going bankrupt and my husband is going to die. That's scary. Right? That's really scary stuff. Something like that. Yeah. Where I was just like, worst case scenario, I have to get a different job. Right. So Those are very two, two different very levels, different. though. <laughs> so it's interesting. So because I didn't say anything to her, I think, um, I think I remember laying in bed and just saying like, hey, I quit. Yeah. <laughs> I gave my two weeks notice or something like that. And I remember that conversation not going as well as I hoped. Mm -hmm. I hoped it was just going to be like, great. Now what? But it was not that. Mm. <laughs> so so um, communication is important. <laughs> turns out. Turns out. Yeah. So not only with your partner, but then also with your employer. So once you, you're probably growing this business on the side, and then you decide, okay, I'm going to make this leap. Now how do you talk to your employer? Well, first I think it's the strategy of when. When do you talk to them? And I think all of that depends on how close you are with your employer, what their current situation is. Um, are they currently understaffed? Are they, are they, um, you know, are they going to need you anyway? Uh, in the best case scenario, you have this conversation, I feel like at least six to eight weeks before you want to leave. Mm -hmm. So you can say, hey, I've been growing this business on, my, on the side. It's really growing. It's really taking off. I'd like to create a plan to step into my business full-time in two months. Can we work together to create runway so our clients are still served or, you know, our team is still served and, you know, I can leave on good terms? I think I would add in there, is there anything that your employer could say to you or offer to you that would convince you to stay? Oh, that's a great... Because so if you're a good employee, this, they right? might ask that question. Yeah, what if yeah. they're like, I'll pay you $2 billion a year? <laughs> I'd probably stay. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good chunk of change. That's a lot of change. <laughs> so, but on the flip side, maybe like there's no amount of money. Right. I hate this place so bad. Mm -hmm. Which maybe the place I left, maybe two billion, I would have just been like, nah, I, I, my mental health is worth more than this. Yeah. Whatever it is. But also, 
I didn't hate the place that I left. Right. I really enjoyed working where I was working. It was just, for me, it was the freedom, mm -hmm. right? So I think that there's there's two sides to that coin, absolutely. But I think that that's a really good point. You know, what if they said, well, do you want to stay on part-time? Mm -hmm. Do you want to do this? I actually stayed on part-time with my employer for a while in my transition plan. And it was okay because it was part of the transition and supporting the person who was coming in behind me. Mm -hmm. But I started a job part-time with the idea that I would grow my business on the side and turns out it's really hard to split your attention between something else and your business. Right. So if you need that runway and you need that cash, then cool, do the part-time gig, but it's going to be really hard to grow a business if that's not your only focus. Right. It's very, yeah, it's very difficult to focus mm -hmm. or aim on two things. Yeah. So it's interesting that you're talking about that because I'm just thinking as an employer, right, you have employees and if an employee came to me and said that they're interested in starting a business, they're planning on leaving in eight weeks. My first reaction, depending upon the employee, because it's either going to be like, great, I didn't want to keep you anyways, <laughs> or it's going to be like, how can I help? Yeah. So, and I would be, because I guess maybe because starting a business is exciting to me, regardless mm -hmm. of who, so I'm like, what do you right. need? Let's make this happen. Yeah. Kind of thing. So it's interesting. But on the flip side, I think you have to be careful how much power you give to the employer mm -hmm. and how much you understand that it's never going to be the perfect time for you to leave there either. Right, right. So even if they're understaffed, or and I say this not as an employer, I say this as a person that was leaving to start a business because employers are like, no, don't leave. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. But you got to consider who's most important in this scenario from mm -hmm. your point of view. And it's right. going to be you versus your employer. Right. Your employer's not going to give you a bonus because you left easier or whatever? Well, I also think it, it depends on where you are in the organization, right? So if you're leading a team and you're a big contributor and you've been a thought leader in this organization, it's going to take you a little bit longer to transition out than if you're an individual contributor, mm -hmm. right? Or you're not working with clients. So I think uh, I would just say put yourself in your employer's shoes and your client's shoes and think about how can I make this the best experience possible for them? Fair. Or so, both. Or, you and Absolutely. Them. You and them. So for me, I hired my replacement and I had planned to be there with her for a year. And then I ended up leaving probably five to six months after we hired her. Okay. That's so, enough runway for them to get the but job it was, done. But it was runway enough that we created a transition plan. We accelerated her, you know, promotion and such. And then I was able to actually walk her through processes and things and try to download my brain mm -hmm. and the things that I had learned to her. Um, so when you're leading a team and you're trying to to transition that, I think more runway is better. But then I also created a plan that I would move part-time and then I could still be a consultant, right? So as I walked away, I still touch base with the person who followed me an hour every week for a couple months just to say like, okay. hey, what random questions came up that you need some context on? Sure. Uh, so I think the more that you offer those sorts of things and you try to serve your employer, the more open they are to be excited about your new venture, especially if you're not like siphoning clients. Right. You know, I wasn't going into marketing and planning to take away their clients. I was going into a new role. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I also want people to understand what they, that first day when you don't have your day job. Mm -hmm. right? Oh, I saw it from your face. Yeah. You're like, oh. <laughs> so that is super interesting because I remember, I remember thinking it's the first day of a new era. I'm going to be so excited. And it, yeah, <laughs> like a year, um, not a year, uh, 
the weekend after I started my business. The first week was kind of like I was in this daze, right. right? Like I was transitioning and I thought I knew how I was going, like what I was going to do. And I started doing certain things like I was building the website. I was doing all these other things, talking to people, networking. But I went to visit a girlfriend actually and I had like this emotional breakdown almost. Not I was just like reevaluating all these things. And then I was talking to a girlfriend after the fact and she's like, oh yeah, that's because you're in a major life transition. And when you hit these life transitions, like, <laughs> like some like, of these oh. questions just come up. Like, yeah, oh, this is a thing. You should have expected this. But it, for me, it was so interesting because I didn't create space for that. I didn't expect that. So the tip I would give is just to create some space and allow yourself that transition, just like you do in your calendar. Mm -hmm. It's very different um, to be working for yourself and then keep yourself accountable. So then I leaned into, once I, you know, had my space, right. then I leaned into developing new routines, right? What does this look like now that I'm not going into the office, now that, I'm, now that I'm not taking other people's meetings, now that I'm only accountable to myself? And then you play with that and you see what what's working and what's not and you shift right life's a huge experiment right um but when it's your own business and your own time sometimes you forget that very true very true yeah you think you have it all figured out or that oh yeah stuff's just gonna fall into place which long term probably it does but short term short time rarely. it gets scary <laughs> yeah. yeah right so I guess we just invite you that if you are looking to leave your job and you've started a side hustle it's exciting but there's also some things that can trip you up Fair. But in the end, I would say for most people, totally worth it. Totally worth it. As long as you're willing to push or do the work. As long as you're willing to do the work. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you for watching. This is Diary of a Worthy Pursuit. Where we talk about how to get what you truly want in life and business. If you found this helpful, please share it and let us know if there's another topic that you would like us to talk about in the future. Thanks so much.